Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. everyone and welcome to this week's squiggly career podcast i'm sarah one of the founders of amazing if and i'm joined by my co-host helen hello everyone and tonight we're going to be talking about a long overdue topic because we keep promising to talk about it but never actually talk about it which is values and we thought it'd be helpful just to start with values thinking about what they are why they matter why they matter for you and also really why they matter in the context of squiggly careers because that's all what this this podcast is all about for anyone who's new um, a new listener this week hello and welcome and everything we try to do on the squiggly career podcast is all about helping people to develop the skills that we all need in this increasingly squiggly career and world of work and values are essentially the things that make you you and I think a good way to think about values are they're the things that motivate and drive you. They're very personal to you. And they're really the things that when you're living your values, both in work and outside of work, you feel really happy and motivated. And they have a really big impact, I think, on how much you're enjoying what you're doing. And when those values are not around or not present or get taken away in some way, shape or form, it's often when you become really unhappy in your career and that squiggle is sort of more a squad a sad squiggle rather <laughs> a than a happy one a squaggle <laughs> <laughs> so I think the thing to think about when you think about values are these are the things that are really important to you and in terms of this squiggly career the thing that I found most valuable discovering my values has been that they help you to make better choices about your career in terms of what are the things you want to do and why do you want to do those things? And the kind of slight health warning at the start of talking about values, which is probably why we've not taken it on, to be honest, until now, is that values definitely take time to discover, apply, work out how you can kind of use them in the real world. But there is definitely ways of quite quickly getting to some clues about what your values might be and start to kind of make this um, an active process. And I think I've probably first learned about values maybe seven or eight years ago now. And it definitely took me a couple of years to really consolidate and think about what my values actually were, how much was I living them. And then I think at that point, I could start to think about other people's values and how that might impact my relationship with other people and how I started to make decisions based on those values. 
How about you, Helen? Has it taken you that long or you're in your efficient? Yeah, I did it in a week. No, it has also (laughs) taken me that long because I think it's not until you start using them in a way. So you're kind of being conscious of them and thinking about, oh, why, why am I not having a great time? Or why do I want to move on from this role? Or why am I really enjoying this? I think it's not until you start applying some of that stuff to your values that you really get that aha moment. And we train on a couple of different areas that we talk about on this podcast all the time, but, you know, value, strengths, confidence, networking and future are like our core areas that we talk about when we talk about squiggly careers. And I always think that values is the one that has the biggest aha moment for people when we deliver it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they're like, oh, that's why I don't get on with that person. Or that's why I was really happy then or why I'm really frustrated now. And no, it took me quite a long time. I did it with a really good coach, a coach called Joe Simpson, back when I was at Eon. So that's quite a long time ago now. And at the time, I really liked it. At the time, I sort of didn't know how important it was going to be for my career. But since then, it has guided all of the career choices that I've made when I've looked at new roles. It's really helped me to evaluate them. It helps me to reflect. So very recently, like in the last couple of days, I've sat down thinking about me leaving Microsoft and going on to amazing if full-time it's very exciting I've sat down and thought in the context of my values what do I need to do to make sure that I'm living my values as fully as I can during this change period and so I use them now in a really really active way super important but took me a while to work out how to use them I was just thinking for people who listen to the podcast every week that'll be the first time that people know oh, that you're going to be doing something different yeah. and you you said it in such a nonchalant way and I was like oh this that's quite a big quite a big moment and a big I was trying to think of it for people who do not. listen every week I imagine we're some sort of like you know like a it's like a serial and you're like oh wow that's big news out of nowhere I know sorry everyone there big 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 news I've been I've been pondering on it for a while so I feel like I <laughs> this decision has been like <laughs> in my head for a while but it's, it's very public now um yeah we're gonna do some stuff to celebrate it in line with our fifth fifth birthday that you will you'll find out more about soon but yeah exciting news but I'm very actively thinking about my values in the context of that change so. And I think it's funny how you mentioned there, Joe, who was like the first person who introduced you to values. Again, I've got quite vivid memories of the first time somebody introduced me to have, you know, do you know what your values are? And I was just, you know, it wasn't even something I'd come across. And again, it was a lady called Michelle McGrath, who's an amazing lady who works, uh, actually leads a company called Brand Learning. And actually, I think when you reflect on it, you're so grateful to somebody for introducing you to this idea. Because like you say, at the time, you just sort of think, oh, this is interesting, this is going to be useful, and it ends up being so pivotal. So if you've already been introduced to the concept, uh, that's brilliant. Hopefully this will help you think about it a bit more. Or if it's the first time you're hearing about it, kind of sit up and take note, I guess. We would encourage you to really spend some time on this because for both of us, I think it's been so important. So we're going to share briefly what our values are because I think that's just helpful for everyone to know at kind of the start of the process how values have helped us in terms of our career, some of those career choices that we've both made. And then finally, and the bit that I suspect everyone's really most interested in, is how do you actually find out what your values are? And we won't go through a big, long process over a podcast because everyone might kind of lose the will to live a little bit, but we will give you some really easy hints and tips to get you started and some really useful resources that will definitely get you to map some outputs actually quite quickly. You can, I always feel like you can get a sense of your values relatively swiftly. And so you can get maybe 60, 70% of the way there. It's almost like the last 30% that then takes the time to really kind of think about these things. 
Uh, so Helen, do you want to start with your values? Yeah, yeah. We've also got a couple of um, questions as well from our Instagram community that follow us on Instagram stories. So we will uh, answer those questions as well as we go through. Um, so they're very much in mind. But yeah, my values. So I have four values and you normally have about three or four core values. There's something different called satellite values. So there are there will be a number of things that are important to you. So for example, honesty is important to me integrity is important to me relationships are important to me but they are not my core values they are broader things and so you normally have three or four things that will trump basically everything else and when you are faced with hard decisions it's the core values that you'll almost trade off against some of those other things that doesn't make you a bad person it doesn't make me dishonest (laughs) or lacking in integrity it just means that there are some drivers for me that are stronger than other ones um, and that will sort of drive my decisions and my emotions state and my four values are um, freedom and what that means to me is the ability to uh, make my own choices and to be kind of unconstrained and bluntly it's kind of to do what I want where I want how I want is the kind of the summary of what freedom means oh yeah to me. just, just everything then <laughs> just everything everything now please uh, no no constraints uh, then I also have my other three are growth my personal growth is about helping other people to grow which is why I do amazing if it's also about helping businesses to grow I have this need to see things grow and move energy that for me means uh, the positive energy operating with energy like always optimistic moving things forward I'm always kind of that person who puts their energy into the room and the last thing is achievement I have a a real need to have markers of success it doesn't have to be other people's definition of success it can be quite small it can be just like uh, today I had eight glasses of water which I have not achieved but I have to almost have this like programmed achievement in my career to feel like I'm I'm moving forward and I just have that sense of motivation Yeah, I think it's important to recognise with values and we'll try and give you some of these sort of hints on values as we go through. One of the most common, I guess, mistakes sometimes people make when they think about values is often you you kind of aspire to someone else's values or you'll sort of think, oh, I'd quite like to have that one. And that's not really, unfortunately, the way that it works. Um, You know, your values are actually formed at a very young age, almost whether you're aware of them or not. You know, they're really heavily influenced by growing up and your family and all kind of the surroundings, the environment um, when you're younger. Sometimes when we're doing this exercise with with uh, people, I'll think, oh, their values are so nice. They have like really lovely values um, that essentially amount to saving the world. And I'll think about mine and be like, oh, I wish I wish that was me. But just kind of catch yourself, I guess, as you're going through the values exercise to really make sure this is who you are, has always been who you are, because values, actually your core values don't tend to change very much. The priority of them might change a little bit, but fundamentally, um, they tend to stay pretty stable. And you'll see that in lots of resources that we recommend. Lots of people kind of making that point again and again. You know, these are not necessarily something you work on in the same way as you would do strengths. This is essentially like just kind of who you are. And to that point, they can work for you and against you. So my values, I also have achievement. So Helen and I both have that. And I think that's driven for me partly uh, by my kind of competitive spirit. I've always been really competitive. And similar to the way that Helen described it's always really important to me to feel like I'm achieving and moving forward. And I think I just have defined that in lots of different ways. But certainly that sense of I've achieved something that I hadn't done before. I think that's probably often how I think about it. So there's probably an element of kind of newness in there as well. My second value is ideas, which essentially just means the ability to create new things from scratch. I'm sort of at my happiest and kind of seek opportunities and it's just part of my DNA, kind of who I am. 
learning, which is my, that's one of the really big drivers for me in terms of what Amazing If has kind of brought to my life in the last five years. I love to learn. I love to help other people learn. I love all things growth mindset, as you'd probably expect. And my last one actually is one that I've only really come to in the last 18 months, maybe two years. And I was, I was never quite sure what the right word was. But at the moment, my last one is variety. I think I just inherently have in me this need for variety and enjoy and thrive on the squiggliness, actually, that, that we all kind of talk about in our careers. And that's a really good thing for me in the main because variety is part of who I am. It does really motivate and drive me. And I'm often at my happiest when I have lots of variety uh, in my life. So they're my four. I think what's interesting as well and what's important to people is both the resonance of the word, which sounds really corporate, but um, I'll explain what I mean, but and also your definition. So when I talk about resonance of the word, Sarah's got the word learning and I've got the word growth. And maybe you listen to the definitions and both might mean some similar things, but you want to remember these and be able to work with them. Like You want to be able to reflect with them. You want to be able to talk to them about somebody else. And so these words, they have to almost feel a bit sticky to you um, and something that just feels like a word you would say, not not a word you've picked out of, you know, a sheet of paper with a list of words on, but a word that just feels like natural language to you. So I think that's really important that you can identify and almost own that word. And the second thing, the reason that Sarah and I talked about our definitions about what that word really means is that sometimes if you just say the word, people can make assumptions about what that word means based on what they think it means. So I might say, achievement's really important to me and someone else would be like oh yes I agree success is the most important thing and and achievement for me is not about being successful it's about this continuing ability to kind of move forward and create impact and it's, it's not this success ego thing and so it's just very important when you when you find that word that is sticky to you that you also say this is my value and this is what it means to me just to make sure that someone doesn't make those assumptions about it. And also doing that encourages you to make sure you think it through properly so mm. sometimes it's I often think picking the word or finding the words is easier than doing the definition and I always encourage people to like imagine you were writing your own like dictionary definition of that word it's kind of your values dictionary and it's when you start to get into the definition I think you often find actually have I chosen the wrong word here that definition doesn't feel quite right to me that's actually the bit where people often get stuck and that's not a bad thing at all and don't worry if you do get stuck as you go through the process because just sometimes you kind of just need to have your first go come back to it after a few months then think oh actually the bit I remember is the second part of the definition so maybe the bat's the bit that means a bit more to me so often I think the words are easier than the definitions so the next thing that we wanted to talk to you about was to sort of bring this to life for you is how you've got this sense now of what Sarah and my values are but to give you some guidance about how we've kind of used those practically in our career to make better choices which is what they can really help with in squiggly careers so my my first example is when I was moving from BP to Virgin and at the end of my time at BP I um wasn't amazingly happy at that time because I think I felt that there was a bit of a difference between my true character and the persona that I was operating with in the company nothing wrong with the company at all it was just the fit for me and in that particular area that I was working with and so I didn't feel authentic every day and I really wanted to go somewhere and work for a company where I felt that I could be really authentic and I could work 
in line with my values as much as is possible. And so when I was going to Virgin, you know, I was looking at different companies and I kind of thought, I think Virgin might be a place where I can have lots of freedom and have lots of achievement and I think it will have energy. And that was sort of based on an assumption of some people that I knew that work there and also kind of what you interpret about a brand and a business. But what I very specifically did was when I was going through the interviews, I asked questions that were interlaced with my values. And the interviewer had no idea, but I was asking questions like, what sort of freedom do people have in terms of how they work and what they work on? I would ask, um, what's the energy like in the team? What do you think achievement looks like in this role for the next 12 months? In terms of growth, how much do you think this business is going to grow? And how much do you think I will grow in the role? And what opportunities are there for me to grow in the role? So they're the sort of questions that I would be asking. And it's actually helpful in two dimensions. It's really helpful because you get to think, can I live my values in this company? And the other thing is it gives you a whole bank of interview questions that you might not have thought of that probably the person before you didn't ask. And it's always good. We did um, a previous podcast on how to do an interview, um, a great interview. And that's one of the things we talk about, about how to ask distinctive questions. Using values-based questions is a really good distinctive way because they'll be unique to you, the questions that you're asking. And ultimately, I got some great answers that helped me to think this is going to be a place where I can really live my values. And it definitely was when I was there. Um, and yeah, it just helped me to make make that choice and therefore move on to somewhere that would also make me happier at work. Your example is so different and so much better than the one that I'm now going to talk about. Yours sounds so professional and you were like, I used it in a really good way. Whereas and I actually really hesitated about kind of sharing this because I was thinking I am basically going to make myself unemployable through this podcast. <laughs> so let's just hope that any current and future employers don't necessarily listen. But um, this is less about a career choice and more about a behaviour and how I think values drive your behaviour. And I sort of believe that almost even when you're not necessarily fully conscious of your values, often you'll find a way to live them anyway. You'll find a way to kind of help them to escape. They often found their way out of me, whether I kind of liked it or not. And probably about 10 years ago, nine years ago now, so before I'd done, probably the first time I'd done the values exercise, but not loads before, I was in a job where I was a bit bored and I hadn't got enough to do. And so genuinely, I used to spend some of my time while I was at work coming up with ideas for brands that I didn't work for but liked and would have quite liked to have gone to work for. But I went as far as doing things like creating a PowerPoint deck on the idea. <laughs> I think I remember you doing this, is... this for like an FMCG or... There was some I did brand. it for, I'll tell you who I did it for, Benefit Cosmetics. Yes! Because yes. at the time, Benefit were like quite new into the market. I remember thinking, they're so cool, they're really into like product innovation. I was like, I've got some really good ideas for what they could do for both their products <laughs> and their marketing. I think we talked about it. <laughs> and you know, you're like, you're like, God, what was I doing? And so even like in my own time, I would spend time thinking about this. And in some ways you'd think, okay, well, maybe that's quite smart if you then actually proactively go to the company and say, I really admire what you're doing. I've actually done some thinking. I didn't even do that. I just did it just for like the fun of it. And, and now when I think about it, I almost can't believe it happened, but it definitely did. And I think it's important to share the good and, and the not so good elements. But I think that was a perfect example of I was in a job that didn't utilise the fact that I loved to think creatively and loved to come up with new ideas. I just found a way to kind of make that happen. And I think that's an important point, actually, for everyone to think about in terms of values. Sometimes, and hopefully more and more, when you start to think about values, you're in jobs where you get to live your values as much as possible through your job. 
but you also do live your values outside of your job in order the rest of your life. This is not um, an in-job, out-of-job sort of distinction. And sometimes when you're in situations or contexts where you're not able to live your values as much as you can, try and think about other ways outside of work. Don't do the weird thing that I did and start creating ideas in your current job. But actually, if I think about other examples in the future of ideas and some of my other values where I wasn't living those values as much as I could and I actually knew my values by that point I did often look for okay are there things related to my job but maybe not part of my core job that I could volunteer for that means I could live that value a bit more within my company are there things within my industry I could do that might help me to live that value a little bit more and what am I doing in my spare time so even things like setting up amazing if and some of the charity stuff I've done when I think about what really motivated me to do those things, it was an opportunity to live my values more, really selfishly. It worked brilliantly for me because I was getting an opportunity to live my values even more than I was in my day job. And so over time, of course, you want your day job to be living ideally 100% of your values all of the time. But realistically, that always goes through peaks and troughs. And this goes back to thinking about what can you control in terms of how you spend your time versus, you know, sometimes there are things you do have to do that might mean you don't live your values day in day out in every aspect of your job and my second example actually builds on that point that you said that your values kind of find this way of escaping and sometimes that that's almost not kind of you're not really in control of it my second one is about my um my achievement value when I went on maternity leave so I've got two lovely children I've got a little boy called Henry who's now three and a half and a daughter called Madeline who is coming up for a year and a half and when I was on maternity leave the first time I struggled with my achievement value actually I didn't really know at the time but I just felt like I had sort of lost a bit of my identity achievement's such a big part of how I work you know and how how I show up in the workplace is you know I drive things forward and I help my team to achieve and I'm achieving it's just quite a big part of who I am and I found myself on maternity leave even though you've done one of the biggest things you're ever going to do in your life which is like bring a baby into the world and keep it alive which is quite you know that's quite a stressful thing I didn't associate that as my achievement and I really miss that constant buzz that the achievement I get from work gives me and I really wanted to come back to work and get it. I just, it was very much in my mind that I felt like I'd lost a bit of myself during that process and what I did as a result of that with a bit of reflection when I came back and I realised that it was because I didn't have that sort of sense of achievement. What I did the second time when I was off with my daughter Madeline is I sort of pre-programmed some like achievement bursts into my maternity leave. Now I am not recommending that everybody does this. I know it's a bit insane and that other people would be like, yes, nine months off um, just to kind of go and enjoy my new baby but I'm not quite wired like that and I did have to think okay what what how am I going to get some achievement in there that included um I remember I spoke at an event for Aviva probably before I was quite ready to like I think I was still like breastfeeding and it was all a bit of a rush but it gave me that sense of achievement I did one of my MBA assignments when I was on maternity leave and it just really helped me not to completely dial that value down whilst I was outside of a work context and I think that's an example of how these values show up in your work life and your home life and how sometimes they can serve you and not serve you like arguably I should have just been looking after my baby but you can't help it that was just what makes me happy when I'm when I'm achieving so and I think there that also makes me think about once you do know what your values are it can also just help you have a much better understanding of why the why you're feeling the way you're feeling and so I had a really different experience on maternity leave to Helen in that 
I wasn't able to do some of the things that um, Helen described in terms of her achievement value because my little boy wasn't kind of well enough for me to do that and it was it would have been very tough and I, I found it really really tough really hard but genuinely I remember thinking oh at least I I'm finding this really hard and this doesn't necessarily I can't kind of tangibly make it better but I do understand why I'm finding it so hard and so I couldn't change it but sometimes just understanding helps you to kind of live through some of those tougher times I've seen people maybe who are in jobs that they're not happy with or experiencing certain things that they're finding really tough and just sometimes having the reassurance of going okay I get why this moment in time is tough and that's okay. I'm going to have to kind of live through this at the moment and put some support that I can around me. And just what you're aiming for is a change at some point because you can't always do it there and then. So I think that's that's the other kind of thing that I think values has really helped me with. My last example, actually, is I think values, once you know them, help you to be brave in terms of making decisions that can feel or choices that can feel quite risky and I remember going to talk to Sainsbury's about wanting to work part-time and I've probably talked about this before a little bit but at that time when I was uh, making that request I hadn't got kids and often though I think the request to work flexibly or part-time should absolutely be reason neutral in reality most people who ask for that it's because of family commitments, which also feels like way more meaningful than me saying, oh, I'd like to work part-time because I really enjoy some of these other side projects that I do and I'd like to spend a bit more time on them. And I don't think I would have been brave enough to have that conversation or to ask that question if I hadn't been aware of my values and to know and to feel confident in, if I can make this happen, I know it's going to make me really happy and I'm convinced it will make me even better at my current job and it'll give me a load more happiness from kind of some other stuff. So I think that's probably a better example than my first one of me doing something kind of positive and meaningful with my values to kind of drive a choice or a decision. I think a lot of people could have looked at and said, well, why would she do that at this point in her career? She doesn't need to. Uh, She's going to make less money because as part of it, I I obviously got paid less because I was working less. So kind of rightly so. And, you know, there's some assumptions about what people will think about you in terms of does that mean you're less committed? Does that mean you then won't get promoted? And actually, none of those things turned out to be true. And actually, I was very much supported through that process. And you know, people were really encouraging of me, which was brilliant. But it felt very, it did, it did. I remember feeling very anxious about it, but still knowing that it was the right thing to do because of my values. Yeah, I think, and I remember feeling like, like talking to you and how happy once you'd kind of got that sorted. And, and since then, like you've been doing that now for how many years? No, do you know what I was thinking? I was, saying, I was actually saying to somebody today, um, I was talking to um, Timewise, who do um, some brilliant work in the areas of kind of flexibility and job design. The lady, Karen, who's the founder, was saying, because she's worked flexibly for so long now, she can't imagine any other way. And I actually said the same. Because I've now spent two or three years working in multiple jobs, I actually now can't imagine another model because I'm so happy doing it that if someone then suddenly said to me, you have to do one thing all of the time... I think I'd be like, oh no, because it's the future. I, I love it, and I, I love. Yeah, exactly. I think it is. I think, yeah, we won't we won't get on our flexible working soapbox, but we have done a podcast on it, so <laughs> I cannot also remember the number of that one, but I'll I'll get better at that. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Let's move on then to how do you find out yours? Because hopefully you've you heard from us about how it helped your careers, what our values are. You've heard how it's helped us manage our careers. I think we really want to move on to some actions that you can take and we'll talk through a couple of them now and then there are some really good resources that if you think actually I'd like to go into this a bit deeper that we recommend you go and look at because there's only so much we can tell you over a podcast you know we do quite deep training sessions on this and coaching for people on it so um, the first tip we've got on how do you find out yours is to reflect on a simple but a really big question and that question is what's important to you about who you work with, where you work, and what you work on. And when you're thinking about that question, just write down your answers. I mean, the most effective thing that you can do is say that out loud to somebody else. So, you know, I'd be asking Sarah, and Sarah would just be kind of thinking thinking without speaking that's not what you'd be doing you'd be speaking without thinking (laughs) and I would just be noting down everything that she's saying and then I would play that back to her and kind of mirror what she'd said because then I could be saying did you realize that you said the word variety three times in terms of what's important to you about what you work on or I could be saying what's important to you about where you work you mentioned the word achievement a lot so I could be playing that back things that say I wasn't really conscious of so that is a really effective thing if you don't want to do it with somebody else maybe just record yourself speaking into your phone and then play it back to yourself but it's really important that you can just splurge that stuff out and that what's important to you question is also a really good way of getting clues as to what other people's values are so it is very rare that you'll be in a situation where you can just go up to somebody and say what are your values uh, because they they may not have done that some training or been coached on it and it seems a bit of a funny question but you can say to people again a good interview question what's important to you about your work here what's important to you about the company you work with or the people that you work with and in their response will be clues as to what their values are and i think um who was it one of our questions from instagram was what should you do if your values are different to um, your managers or the person that you manage? First of all, surfacing them, that what's important to you question is a good way of surfacing them. And then I actually had this one, my manager at Virgin, and um, his top value was efficiency and mine's freedom. And so I kind of like to, you know, sometimes I'd be like, oh, you've just taken over my entire day, like trying to answer all these things that are really kind of important to you. But what we did was we had a kind of had an open conversation about it. And I said, I know efficiency 
efficiency is really important to you. What does that actually mean in practice? And he said, oh, nothing, actually. It means me just getting stuff off my plate, but you don't have to come back to it all. And so part of when people have got a different value to you, I just, I always always try and lean into challenge personally and to understand it so if someone is different has a different value set to me I will try and understand where they're coming from rather than be okay they like routine and I like freedom it is very likely you're going to have different values to other people and it's very likely you're going to have a clash I think the difference that values makes is you can understand that clash a little bit more so a lot of the time you might be frustrated with someone at work and it kind of stops there you're just like oh that person's so frustrating when you get into it and you say look what's important to you about this situation I can see we're coming from a different place and you understand the value that's driving them you can have more empathy with them you can talk about your values you can get a little bit more productive about how you can move forward together rather than it just being frustrating have you got before we go on to other ways that people can um find out what the values are have you got any perspectives on that question and when your values are different to other people's yeah I think the first point is remember there's no right or wrong with values so no one's no one's values are better than anyone else's people are just motivated and driven by different things now sometimes the way that those values can then appear in terms of behavior you might disagree with that but in terms of their values you can't say well that's a bad value or that's a particularly good value so you just have to bear that in mind that everyone's values are valid I did a very similar process, but rather than with an individual, I often when I'm leading a team, particularly if I'm quite new into that role, I'll encourage the team that I'm with to go through some sort of values exercises together so that we can all see each other's values in a kind of very kind of collaborative way. And I remember doing this for the corporate responsibility team that I led in Sainsbury's and it probably being the most helpful thing I could possibly have done quite early into that job, because what I realised was that actually most people in that team had quite different values to me and we actually we all actually got on brilliantly so it doesn't mean just because you've got different values doesn't mean that you won't get on actually some of those people are people I'm like really good friends with still I you know I loved spending time with everyone in that team but their values were were actually all quite consistent within the team and I was definitely like an anomaly um, and because it was a, a CR team I guess it's probably not a surprise but a lot of their values were around they were basically all going to save the world, which is actually what they all are genuinely all doing now. They are all like working for charities, setting up charities, doing incredible things. So they were very motivated by um, caring. They really cared about each other, about the people, about the world. They actually had a really strong sense of kind of justice as well. And it really impacted me in terms of being adaptable and thinking through how I communicated with the team, how we spent our time together the impact that I thought certain things might have on them, which was maybe higher than it might be for them, than it might be for me. And just understanding that we were kind of all motivated and driven by quite different things just made me often like pause for thought for that extra beat to think, okay, so if I need to send this email about something or we're going to do this exercise, have I really thought about is this going to work for everyone? And just making sure that you're not just designing for yourself, essentially, and assuming that everyone is like mini versions of you, which is <laughs> clearly just never the case. So thank you to the Poetry Mum for that question. Hopefully that one's answered yours. Another one that we got from Sarah um, Hornby on Instagram was around how do you identify your top value? Again, this is quite an involved process. So if you start with those what's important to you um, answers and you're looking for themes across all of those places, so the what's important to you about who, where, what you work on, you're looking for where you've got the same words popping up, that's clues as to what your values um, might be. 
then you want to get those words, get them kind of in front of you and start thinking about if you had to pick between a couple of them. So if I had to pick between relationships and achievement, which one am I likely to pick? And you do that against each other. And in doing that, you'll start to surface which ones are your most important ones. Now, to be honest, that's a level of refinement that isn't always the most important thing. If you can get to your core values, think from this process now that list of what's important to you coming up with three or four things um, and then go through the next couple of activities we're talking about it's probably as much as you're going to get from our advice on this podcast when you start really thinking about your top values it takes a little bit more reflection there are exercises to do it. it's very powerful to do it with a coach but honestly knowing that freedom is my top value and achievements my fourth it doesn't really make me do anything different to be honest I know what my top four ones are and they're the ones that I concentrate on so it's more for me the difference between my core values and my satellite values And I've just worked that out by if I put them side by side, all those things that are important to me, which ones just trump the other ones every time. And that's how I get to my core list. And to be honest, you have to sit with them a little bit and um, reflect on how you're feeling at work. And in doing that, you'll be able to almost validate, yeah, these are the ones that are really important to me. And I think the other way to find that, which is another kind of action that you can take, is when you've had a particularly brilliant moment, day, week, or the opposite, uh, something's gone very badly, or you you really not you're not feeling very good about whether it was a particular meeting. It could be a whole week, it could be a month. Try and think about why is that? What's there or not there that might be causing that to happen? And there's such a strong correlation between your values being present in those moments and not being present in those moments. So if you've had a really bad meeting or a really bad project or something doesn't you know, it doesn't feel right. And you're kind of, this really, this isn't working for me. Okay. So why is that? What's missing? What's not there that you would like to be there? And then sometimes it's easier to do the other way, kind of go, that was amazing. Like, why, why did I find that so enjoyable? I had so much fun on that project. It just, you know, when you, we've talked before about when work just feels like it's in flow, you, you know, you do have particular days where you're like, that was just such a brilliant day. It's because all four of my values will have been used at some point during that day. And you just go, that's why, Often you might feel a bit exhausted, but you also feel brilliant because you're doing all the stuff that you you really love and you're really motivated by. I think that's why it takes a bit of time as well because you have to reflect on this. You know, you have to do that exercise for a couple of weeks and that's when you see the consistencies and you're like, oh, that word keeps popping up on all of my really good days. So you've got to let it sort of just stick with you a little bit and have that process of reflection. But it's so powerful when you find those words and you start using them to proactively shape the job that you're doing and make your decisions you will ultimately make happier choices for your career so it's it's definitely worth the investment but you do have to put a bit of thinking time in and and the last tip for you and we'll do a recap for you in a second but the last tip is also to do those definitions so Sarah and I mentioned them earlier but in thinking through those things that are important to you where you've got those theme words just take a couple of minutes to define what it means to you because in the description there may be a word that's a bit stickier for you than the one you'd originally written but it would definitely help you remember them um, and make sure that you've got it right so just a bit of a recap then on how do you find out yours the first thing is to do that exercise about what's important to you who where what you work on then say it to someone else say it to your phone write it down but look for themed words repeated words in those different um, instances the second thing is to look for the moments that you are really happy or you're really frustrated at work and think about 
what's present in those moments or what's missing. Again, some really great clues there. Ideally, see if you can match them back to any of the words that you found out in that what's important to you exercise. And then the last thing is when you've got that set of words that's starting to feel like they might be your core values, do a definition for each of them um, and just look at that definition. Does it still feel right? Does it resonate with you? Are there any words in that definition that you might, uh, might be a replacement for that kind of first value word that you've got? And that's the main things that we can really give you in this podcast to start you on this process. I still feel like people have got quite a lot. We're probably, probably, uh, that's 40 minutes of us talking about values. People are probably going, yeah, that'll, that'll do for now. That is, in reality, the best way to do this stuff is hopefully you've kind of got to the end of the podcast. We'll give you the resources in a second. That will have just got you thinking. Then you might want to go to one of these resources and then, you know, in a couple of months time, you might do the next bit. So don't put pressure on yourself to kind of try and crack it in a month. Just try and work out ways, habits, I guess, to keep coming back to this and keep refining it. Should we go through the resources that we've got for people? Yeah. So do you want to start with yours? Yeah. So, well, we've got two or three things that I think would just be really helpful in terms of the process. So, um, so Mind Tools is a really good website that actually has lots of exercises and resources on there for career things generally. But they do have a very helpful, here's an outline of values of how they work. And here is a step-by-step process for how you can get to yours. There are actually quite a lot of step-by-step processes to get to values fundamentally it kind of doesn't matter too much which one you go through just as long as you get some outputs you might go through two or three and just kind of see what they will spit out and then you can compare and contrast they're all pretty similar I think and I've done quite a few of them there is another one um that's free that you can do which is called the VIA survey which will um put a link on or not on like Instagram and, and LinkedIn things like we always do and again that helps you to just fill in a questionnaire that's more of a questionnaire based one rather than um, a process that you do for yourself so fill out loads of questions and then it spits out kind of some words and ideas for you so there too that I definitely recommend um, having a look at because you'll just get some tangible outputs from those and the the last one for me it is another step-by-step process but it's one of the best that I've found and it's really nicely designed uh, it's on um, dawnbarkley.com and it's a, a whole workbook a free workbook on how to work out your values and it's got process it's got words you pick from uh, really really good free resource that she's pulled together um so that's another a good one to just sit down and work through and we'll also see if we can find we talked about those core and satellite values and i do remember reading a useful article on that in terms of what's the difference between those how do they kind of work together so i'll try and see if i can find that because i'm sure i've got that saved somewhere Brilliant. Um, so I think that is it for for this week. You can always find us in the normal places. So we are um, on Twitter. We're at amazing underscore if, uh, and that's where we kind of post different articles and things that we've been we've been reading. On Instagram, you can see a bit more of the reality of our day to day life, and we also do a daily um, squiggly careers tip. I think today's was about getting off email uh, and actually going and talking to people and not letting email consume consume our lives. We did one on um, gratefulness as well uh, yesterday so they're the sort of things that you can pick up on um, Instagram where we are just amazing if and you can email us as well where we get in touch at amazingif.com and if you've ever got ideas for podcasts um, any feedback we'd love to get your messages please please send them through because it makes um, makes a really big difference to our day as does five star reviews on iTunes <laughs> uh, but no it, that is actually really helpful because um, it's something to do with that algorithm and obviously the more reviews that we get the more people that hear about us and then the more people we can help with their career which is exactly why we do all of all of what we do and we squeeze and spin all of our plates so i think that is it for this week so we will we will leave you and we'll be back with you next week with our next podcast thanks very much for listening bye Bye for now (laughs) 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.